Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of this podcast. Don't skip this. It's not an ad. This is going to be real quick. Just dropping in to let you know, this episode was originally recorded and released as a subscriber exclusive right around this time last year. Back then, it was a bonus episode that was part of our super deep dive into the Jonestown conspiracy. The subject of this episode in particular is the 2013 found footage horror film The Sacrament, which was loosely and or very faithfully based on the Jonestown tragedy depending on how you look at it. The names of the people and locations are changed, and it's set in the 2010s, but also a lot of what happens in the movie is a beat-for-beat retelling of Congressman Leo Ryan's disastrous visit to Jonestown. Except, in this case, it's a group of vice journalists, and one of them is trying to rescue his sister. So it's like if, instead of the government sending someone cool to check out Jonestown, they sent a bunch of vice reporters. We're re-releasing the episode now for a couple of reasons. First and most important, as you might have noticed last week, the show is on a very, very short break. And by that, I mean we'll be back to releasing new episodes next week. As for why we landed on this particular episode to cover our vacation is because it's at least tangentially related to something happening right now. That something is a horror movie called X, which is in theaters right now. It's an A24 production, so it's getting a lot of buzz for that reason alone. The people who brought you Lamb. If you haven't seen Lamb, holy shit. But also, the reviews are good, and the movie is good. I saw it yesterday. Very weird, very creepy, very much did not realize one of the characters was rapper Kid Cudi in real life. Spoiler. He plays the old woman. Anyway, the tie that binds the 2013 found footage horror film The Sacrament and the 2022 uh, regular footage horror film X is director Ty West. He's an up-and-coming horror director. If you're a fan of the genre, you know the name. X is probably the most high-profile project he's released so far, unless you count the first VHS movie as high-profile which I do love that franchise. Check it out sometime. And all that said, I just want to reassure you, this isn't sponsored content or anything like that. I mean, not that we're above sponsored content. Come on, you've listened to this show. But I personally find a lot of Ty West movies overrated and a little boring. But I liked X a whole lot. And The Sacrament is probably my second favorite Ty West movie. Maybe House of the Devil, but ugh. I even feel like that's a little overrated. But hey, watch them all and decide for yourself. And yeah, that is the entire reason why we decided to release this episode on our week off. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, it's what they say. Not to me, because I'm not stupid. Great. But they say it to people who are stupid. So with all that out of the way, let's get to the episode. Again, this is an old one. Features Laura Crawford, who will be back at some point. She's been working on a TV show. As my co-host, and Andy Sell, who is normally my co-host on the Unpops Music Podcasts. He hosts a podcast on the network called Ghoul School, and uh, he is here to delve into Ty West's The Sacrament with us this week, meaning this week, like a year ago, just under a year ago, like nine days short. Does all of that matter? No. Thanks for listening. We love you. Let's get to the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. My co-host this week, Laura Crawford. Hey, everybody. Hi. Good to see you back. We have a guest. How rare. We almost never have guests on this podcast. Andy Sell is here. Andy. Hi. Oh, okay. We're doing that. Yeah. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Andy hosts a podcast on the network called Ghoul School that is back in full effect. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Also, also my co-host on a series of Unpops music podcasts. We're we're gonna do another one soon. We were gonna <clears throat> do Marilyn Manson, and then all that shit broke out. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do that. And so now oh. we're we're back to the drawing board. This is a bonus episode. I'm still pulling for Slipknot, by the way. Slipknot would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they have the boringest fucking <laughs> back. Maybe, maybe they're, boring. they're yeah. yeah, maybe they're super Born boring and they wear those fucking masks to hide it. <laughs> no idea. But this is a bonus episode. We're neck deep in researching the theory that Jonestown was a CIA medical experiment. Mm-hmm. And... Dad needs a break from all that research. So we're, we're doing a really lighthearted bonus episode this week where uh, we're, we're discussing a horror movie called The Sacrament, which is loosely, but also not that loosely based on Jonestown. Yes, it's a boyfriend fit adaptation of the Jonestown story. It's not a carpenter pant adaptation. I'm just trying to think of the looseness of this adaptation. It's 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 got a it's got a good hold on you. You know, it's like squeezing a trigger, isn't it? Yeah, what's interesting is the names are changed and a lot of the like the details like that are changed, but it actually kind of nails the sequence of events that mm-hmm. led to the end of Jonestown and the mass murder that happened at the end. Stop calling it a mass suicide, people. Most of those people were murdered. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, mass suicide is not really the way to frame it. It is uh, a misnomer that's been applied over the years. I was excited when you sent me this because not because I'm excited to watch Eli Roth horror movies. Oh, no, no, no. Never excited <laughs> about that. But I was I was like, oh, interesting. It was like a Jonestown film. And I've seen Jonestown things before. I think I've seen where. Uh, oh, dude, who's that guy? Powers Booth plays oh. jim jones in a tv oh, movie man, that i've I seen love powers booth who doesn't god he's yeah. just zesty he's salt of the earth he's uh yeah he's a powerful man powerful his name powers booth <laughs> yeah his name's god powers sake. andy what did <laughs> what did you think of this movie i know you've seen it yeah so i mean it's been a minute i've seen it i've seen it i think twice maybe three times but it's it has been a little while but i so this was one of those movies that before it was released, I was excited to see it because I was a big fan of the director, Ty West. Right. I had, I had loved the roost trigger man and um, house of the devil. You know, and I was excited to see. See, I'm the this. Other, I haven't liked most of his movies, which is oh, that's, that's fine. He's, yeah. you know, he's He'll survive he, without he, you. Yeah. He's, <laughs> well, he's part of that group, you know, he's part of that, um, that mumble core adjacent horror group, the mumble gore, movement uh but he is like definitely because he's friends with you know joe swanberg and aj bowen and all those people that are in this movie are part of the whole mumblecore thing and he you know it's an acquired taste for sure i think like mumblecore yeah say that mumble gore for mumble gore that's a new one i've not heard Mm -hmm. that before i have not so we're all learning i have not heard that (laughs) either but i i get it it makes well, sense. Cut, cut your hair off. Yeah, well, yeah, it's. I'm gonna yeah. swallow your own blood. Was she a was she a great cult leader? Was she a big fat person? I can't. Does anyone not love to say was she a great big fat person? Was she a great big fat person? Yeah, no. It's. I mean, it's it's fun to say. That is my. Ted yeah. Levine is like the top. I mean, because anybody can. It's not like a walk-in. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, anybody can do the Ted Levine from Silence of the Lambs. Is he, is he a pioneer yeah. in mumble gore? <laughs> Ty West. <laughs> Ty West <laughs> is. Ty, Ty West is. He's part of the, you know, Simon Simon Barrett, Adam Wingard, uh, Swanberg, A.J. Bowen, the Duplass brothers. Like, mm-hmm. they're, <clears throat> they all kind of are, you know, were a scene. They were like a movement yeah. kind yeah, of a right. deal. Yeah, so I, it's an acquired taste. Not not you don't have to like it. Yeah, this is a it's a found footage movie, which I still like found footage movies. Fucking relax, everybody. <laughs> uh, currently holds a sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes among critics, but only forty seven percent among audiences. It seems like people found this movie to be a little slow. That surprised me. I thought it would be the the reverse yeah, with those I, stats. You I, know, I, if like this were Price is Right and they were like, Laura, what is the price? What is the review? I would fuck it up. Yeah, because they they really launch into the tension kind of right away. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, but I think I, I, 
I don't know. I, my, I, they do, but there's also like this, they hint at a reveal the entire time and there isn't really a payoff outside of, you know, the, the Jonestown thing, Yeah, you know, like it's, it, I feel like a lot of people were kind of disappointed with it. Myself, I was one of those ones that one of those people that was disappointed with it when I saw it, cause I was expecting something more, something different, maybe, I don't know this. He came off the innkeepers doing this and you just, I, I kept hoping for some kind of supernatural reveal or something. So I don't, yeah. I mean, it's a well done film. I'm not, I, I need to, I actually need to revisit it now that we're talking about it. I think yeah. a movie like this is the kind of thing that's never going to make everyone happy. And it reminds me of a movie we talked about on a recent episode called Colonia, which is, mm. it stars Emma Watson. And it's also based on very real events. There was this Nazi compound in Chile after World War II mm-hmm. that was basically a pedophile cult that also doubled as a torture center for the Pinochet regime. And this movie, Colonia, is about all of that. And they, they pretty much hit all the facts correctly, but they like put a story behind it like that didn't actually happen. And all the reviews are like, Oh, you're being really trivial with this and like acting like they were disrespecting the subject matter by making it like a basically an escape movie sort of. And meanwhile, mm. it's a place that only four people escaped from the entire, like all mm. the decades it was open. And with this movie, I feel like the same thing would have happened. If there would have been some supernatural twist at the end, people would have been mad that he was kind of, playing with the facts around what happened at Jonestown when it's already horrifying enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I also think that like the cult scenario thing though, is a little broader. Like this is very specifically Jonestown for sure. But you know, th- this all- movie also came after, I, I believe VHS two, which had a kind of Jonestown cult segment. Yeah in it and there's already there had been like other horror movies kind of rolling with this the jonestown-esque cult story that i think it i mean i can definitely see that because i don't know if you know about the film that came out a couple years ago uh haunting of sharon tate (laughs) yeah i've never seen dan farrens who like so it's 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 like a supernatural cult horror story or exploitation cult horror story. i haven't seen it but it got a lot of flack because you know, it's about the Manson family and it's yeah. about Sharon Tate and they're using like full on proper nouns, even in the title. So it's like, you're going to get that attention if you're trying to like, because that is disrespectful for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's still got living family members and whatever it is. It's um, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder how many people watched this and absolutely didn't know anything about Jonestown and were just like, this is a movie about a scary cult. Do you want to see a horror movie about a scary cult? And they're like, yeah. And I mean, I just wonder if it's, is it more enjoyable if you've never heard of Jonestown before? Or is it less enjoyable if you have that in your mind as frame of reference? I don't know. See, I've been, like I said, I've been researching Jonestown for about six weeks now. Mm-hmm. And that actually made this movie way more enjoyable for me. Yeah. Because if yeah. you if you know a whole lot about Jonestown, you pick up every reference to Jonestown in this movie. And yeah. this movie is a beat for beat recreation of when Leo Ryan went to Jonestown and got assassinated. Mm-hmm. It's just, they tweak like who's going and why, but yeah. the sequence of events and we'll, we'll go through it. It's, it's pretty spot on for how yeah. that visit to Jonestown went and how it ended a lot of the characters are references to people that were mm. at Jonestown. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really a kind of a faithful recreation in that way, but it just leaves out all the CIA stuff, which most <laughs> accounts of Jonestown leave out, which is insane because yeah. if you like MK ultra was a thing and there's a lot of evidence that points to Jonestown just being an extension of that. Mm-hmm. Because once MK Ultra was found out, they couldn't keep doing it at hospitals and colleges. So you move it to fucking cults and communes where no one's watching. Exactly. I I concur. And like, I don't know, I think, but to me, it was like taking it and putting it in this modern time frame. I, it did sort of put me off a bit, a bit to have it as be as impactful because like, 
I mean, we'll talk, we can talk about this later, but you know, it's like in the seventies, there was a lot more, I think, incentive and pending doom and um, the culture of violence around it, specifically with leaders. Like he mentions, yeah, we'll talk about later, but MLK and all these other leaders, but I'm like, there's something about setting the seventies where it's like, I don't know, it doesn't have the same amount of weight to do it now with but we'll get into the later sorry but was, yeah no, I, just thinking, I almost wish it was in the 70s instead that's just yeah, my criticism yeah. yeah but anyway then we wouldn't have this awesome opening music <laughs> yeah the opening music i this I, I used shazam for the first time in my entire life because i've heard the song that plays over the opening credits so many times and i right. love it and i've never known who sings it or what it's called and uh mm-hmm. it's called heartbeats by the knife People forget about the knife. Good like band. The knife. Yeah, Very they're really good, good. I liked it. The thing was, the, they, I did feel it was appropriate because it's like a Vice crew, and I thought that was fitting. But I, I really dislike these guys as characters. I'm not interested in any of them. I don't like that. I don't like making advice makes it seem obnoxious. And then yeah. I'm also like, I'm also judging it. But do these guys really seem like Vice Report? I don't know. Well, and then everything I say, everything they say, I'm like, is that a thing a Vice reporter would say? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's often, I think, the, 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 peop- the hang up that most people have with a lot of mumble gore stuff is that the characters are, you know, they're like that, you know, mid mid aughts to early 2010s hipster douchebag type guys like you know they're that they're vice reporter type people they're like and it's it's always supposed to be kind of a send-up of them but it's also sort of like you know i feel like these dudes are really like this like these these people in this scene and yeah. i think that turns a lot of people off uh and i feel like that also kind of maybe it hasn't aged so well <laughs> because it's fucking vice one thing i, I saw they didn't seem vice enough yeah i i appreciated that it was vice because i have such a connection to the idea that the cia was involved in jonestown and i've always kind of thought vice was a wing of the cia like <laughs> vice they, is up. Yeah. they get access to places people should not fucking get access to without cia help and also who calls having fun vice except cops like, <laughs> it's true it's very true. Oh, but no, yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, I don't think they sound enough like Vice reporters. I thought they sounded too bland, too milk oh, like yeah. too regular. Yeah. They sounded so much like regular reporters, and then I was like, but then I'm like, oh, if they sounded too much like Vice reporters, you would say they're doing a satire of Vice or they're making fun of it. Yeah, and then Vice probably wouldn't want to be involved. <laughs> well, it would just, it would seem silly, like a silly satire. But then I was yeah. just like, these guys, I don't know, like all of their sort of in things didn't make sense to me, didn't really fit. They're like, oh, look at Ben's shoes, they look stupid. Ben, you're from New York. Can't you get a pair of hiking boots or something? I was like, what the fuck is the what? <laughs> yeah. My yeah. jokes were bad. I don't know. All That's of another not- problem with found footage sometimes too, though. Well, is the uh we need uh, the little we need the little slices of quotidian and actual dialogue, and then you you know, like it needs to feel real, but then you get these people that don't know what real is well, sometimes. But yeah, speaking that of that, one thing I saw pointed out that I do think makes a little sense is framing it around it being a vice documentary kind of fixes one of those questions people have about found footage movies sometimes, which is, well, if this was just a person carrying a fucking camera around, why does it look so good? Yeah. And if they're there to film a vice documentary that it it at least answers that question of why does this look like a professional production? That's always, uh, that's always a good uh, narrative fix in found footage is when it's like, Oh, they are a professional camera crew shooting something else. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is always like time traveling aliens. They have better cameras than us. So, you know, (laughs) that's why it looks so good. Ancient alien filters. Just say filters. Why can't, why do people need to be so judgy? I did like that. They, they really blow through the setup in the beginning pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. I thought that looked like that's how I assume vice would set up a situation like this. Like three guys I hate pretending to be more scared than they are. But this whole setup, like, it's interesting because we talk about it, which is this guy, Patrick, is a photographer. He gets a letter from his junkie, like his ex-junkie sister. And she's like, so I'm living in this drug-free community called Eden Parish. And like, you know, 
that is kind of a situation that did happen to a lot of people at Jonestown. They would get letters from their family or whatever that they were involved with the church after they've been to drugs because it's the 70s. And by that point, you know, a lot of people were suffering the ill effects of doing too much acid for years. You know, you were really starting to see that. But I was like, yeah. all right, this is I'm like, that checks out to me. That sounds like very Jonestown ish. I believe it. OK, cool. Eden Parish isn't goofy sounding. It sounds realistic, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it's a remote part of the world. I don't know why they specifically chose that, but okay. Well, because they're not making specific references to Jonestown, but Jonestown yeah. was in a remote part of the world. It was in the oh yeah, but they don't just say like South America or Central America or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I wonder if it, that was a legal Upper thing. Peninsula, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Your mom's house, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I want, so I forty if- miles outside of <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. I wanted the I wanted the longitude and latitude of that place. I wanted the GPS coordinates. I wonder if that was a legal thing. Like, yeah, you probably have to pay for the rights to make a Jonestown movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to like. That's the thing. I was talking about this with someone the other day about the Amityville movies. Like Amityville is a just the proper noun name of a place. So mm-hmm. like. Nobody owns that. So that's why there are like 20 movies with the word Amityville in the title that aren't related in any, any way to each other yeah. is because you can just put that name on there. So I imagine yeah. maybe you can just put Jones to, although. But they didn't. It, yeah. Yeah, they didn't. Because I feel like this movie was have... somebody's name. Like it's it's a, it's a name of a place, but it's the because of the guy. And they yeah. talk about, at least I've seen it mentioned that this is Ty West's most mainstream movie. And I kind of agree with that. And I think it would have been more mainstream if it was just called Jonestown. I I think that's the other thing about the reception uh, of it is that you, so you texted me saying that you thought it was underrated. And I'm like, I think it's rated about where it deserves to be (laughs) because, (laughs) because I feel like, you know, there are, there are, the, the reception is mixed. It's very mixed. It's that like some people that are, you know, oh, this is Ty West's, you know, I don't want to say sellout, but like it's his most mainstream movie. It's his most unlike his previous films. And then there's but it's also like not, I think, mainstream enough for a lot of mainstream horror audiences who are looking yeah. for like, you know, something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and they get they get, you know, this mumble gore stuff that's honestly in a lot of ways pretty quiet. Um I don't want to say slow, but it's like deliberately paced. It does get into the tension right away, but it doesn't do a lot of paying off things until the end. And so I think that's an issue with, with people's reception of it too. And see, that's the thing. I think that's a product of how faithful he's being to the sequence mm-hmm. of events at Jonestown, because yeah. what happens when they first get there is what happened with Leo Ryan in that yeah. the people of Jonestown were going way out of their way to make it seem like everything was perfect and normal. And like in, in this movie, there's that scene where they have like the big party with the music Mm -hmm. and that (laughs) all happened. It was probably the only time the people at Jonestown ate regular food. And even the part where he starts to like come around and is feeling like, Oh, maybe this is okay. Maybe it's fine. Maybe this yeah. is okay. Like yeah, during, during that visit to Jonestown, when they put on that presentation at the end, Leo Ryan got on stage and was like, you know, this looks perfectly normal to me. Like, yeah. it seems like everything's fine. Like mm-hmm. they almost got away <laughs> with convincing Leo Ryan, a guy who, yeah. if you look into his background, went undercover in San Quentin as a prisoner to investigate reports of corruption by the guards. Like didn't tell anyone he was a congressman, just went to San Quentin for two weeks. Like this dude went and did shit. And like, if they could have, if they could have convinced him that everything was fine at Jonestown, that shit would probably still be running. right now. (laughs) Yeah. They'd They'd have an NFL team. Colonia well, Dignidad know, is still running. It's a hotel now. There's yeah, like well, four uh, Starbucks in Jonestown. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there are still the uh, um, what is it? Um, that call? They're still around in Australia yeah. in the desert, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're Jonestown's still- hockey team won the Stanley Cup last year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they run Ann's pretzels now. They're all those mall stands for all Jonestown, right? <laughs> And no, it sounds ridiculous, but I mean, it, it is a situation where they had a, like a congressman who was a smart, astute guy come and check them out and whatever, and it turned out to be fine. I don't know. I mean, 
there we, we we don't what we're missing out because it's not you know uh, you know strict historical timeline is i don't know i think there would be more sense of danger because jonestown had to move different locations and stuff like that previous to that we don't really hear that in this film we don't hear like oh yeah we were living here and then we moved here and then now we're here in the woods mm-hmm. now so like i i don't know it's a little isolated to just that visit so we don't get much backstory of the anyone doesn't they don't fill that in or how long they've been members or yeah changes you don't hear see anything else so i mean it's a little thin on that plot but that's fine yeah i think he's relying on people to know all that other stuff and that i mean that could be why it's not called jonestown i don't know yeah well i think that that's again like it's one of those things where if you want to make it more specific without doing like a straight horror thing with it you kind of can't call it jonestown yeah like you kind of like it's that weird thing where you can get right up to the you know specific details but you can't go all the way with it yeah i don't know i was missing out on the beatings i wanted to see some beatings (laughs) like see them happen i thought that would have been scary have you ever heard the audio of jim jones overseeing those beatings and his fucking laugh oh it's it's terrifying Oh no! And then you did the laugh. Yeah, and then I did it. I did it. Yeah, I went ahead and did the laugh. Also, I'm like, oh no, I'm terrified. I've been practicing. I'm very inspired. I'm gonna. I want to do a Jones again. I was just thinking of making a Jones, uh, Jim Jones doll, where you have the pull string and it's this. (laughs) What a monster! I can't can't sleep without it. (laughs) Exactly, Lord Almighty. One thing they do get very wrong in this movie is they pretend like Jonestown was an integrated place. That's one of the images I think we still put out about Jonestown is that, listen, this guy was all about social justice and moving black people forward. Jim Jones was a fucking racist. He was a super duper racist. He was a con man when he got people to Jonestown The white people were in charge. They're the ones who got to send letters home so they could form the official narrative of what they wanted people to think was happening. And meanwhile, when black people got there, they were handcuffed, gagged, and basically forced into slavery. Well, I got to ask you, is it ethical? Is it racially just to take all of the social security checks of a bunch of elderly black people? Is that does that make you a hero? I don't think so. Yeah, it's even with even without that, just to me that he took all of the finances of a group of like, you know, very vulnerable elderly people who are not of a different race than him as a white man. Just, oh, I took I took all the life savings, a bunch of old black people. I'm like, that doesn't sound correct either. That's the other problem with a Jonestown movie is everyone wants to focus on what happened at the end. But everything leading up to what happened in Guyana is very suspicious and right, weird. Yeah. I guess that you make the point. Sorry. I was just really quickly going to say that that was what I was saying is Jim Jones did many horrific things before they even got yeah. there into that suicide, the beatings, the manipulation, the financial stuff, the labor exploitation, sleeping with people in the church and, you well, know, beating the shit out of them. So even, yeah, a lot of that was very scary. Even already. the way they got those checks from, cause mm-hmm. it's not just senior citizens. What happened is at one point, Jim Jones managed to get himself appointed to a job in San Francisco that allowed him to hire people to work in California welfare offices. And Mm. what he did is put a bunch of people's temple members working in these welfare offices, and they were the recruiters. He didn't go out into the community and try to recruit people. He had a very specific target and demographic, and it was poor black people. And they used California welfare offices to, one, recruit members, and then they would get them on welfare and go, well, we're going to give you this opportunity to live basically rent free. So you just sign that over to us. And they made something like 20 grand a month just on that. They also had, I think, 150 or so kids that were wards of the state in California. And California just gave them those kids to take over as legal guardians and they moved most of those kids to Guyana crazy well that's I mean, and that's I think another th- another reason why one why they can't call it Jonestown yeah. <laughs> like why There's, they can't use the name Jonestown because then it'd have to be they'd have to they'd have to have those things 
in the movie. Jonestown and, should be a and, franchise. And you can't yeah. put that. Oh man, it's <laughs> Jim should. Jones. Jim Jones in a red and green sweater <laughs> coming yeah. coming yeah. Yeah. in your dreams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's which actually there is kind of a movie like that called Bad Dreams, which is hmm. uh, which was a, an '80s attempt at, at doing like a Freddy Krueger knockoff style horror movie. Oh boy, with um, Richard um, Pryor. <laughs> God, uh, no! I, I can't. I can't believe I can't Bob remember the guy's name from from the old Battlestar Galactica. Anyway, he plays this cult leader, and it's kind of like a Jim Jones meets Freddy Krueger thing. Hmm. Richard Battlestar, I think, is anyway, his name. Yeah, that's it. His Richard. We'll, <laughs> Richard we'll review Cylon. that. We'll review that next. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's very realistic. Um, <laughs> But I think that's the other thing is that if you want the movie to be like a thriller, you have yeah. to have like a reveal. And like, there has to be that moment where this guy, where Patrick is coming around to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not going to happen if some of these things are going on. Like if Patrick comes there and like the first thing they see is like active racial segregation going on. And then like his sister's like, Oh yeah, they're slaves basically. <laughs> and then like, there's yeah. no chance for Patrick to come around and be like, maybe they're right. Like, no, yeah. it's like, oh shit, there's there's slavery and beatings and uh, we got to go. Yeah, if the guy was like, oh, I left my camera and it recorded this thing that I didn't mean it to record or something. <laughs> you see someone getting beat up. Um, but I guess there's some dread where the, you're like, oh, I hope this guy gets his sister out of here. But I'm pretty much thinking he's not going to get his sister out of here. Yeah. I'm never like really being not. like, oh, I bet everyone's going to escape and they'll all be fine. Yeah, but most people didn't get out of Jonestown. And if you, yeah. I'm telling get you. Get out of Jonestown, better go, go. If you look into some of those survivors, especially Deborah Layton, who we're going to talk about later, Deborah Layton was like Jim Jones' right hand. And then at the last minute, she defected and was like, oh my God, I'm such a victim. It's like, no, you did Fuck it. You. you fucking yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. aiding and abetting. But um, yeah, so they do show a lot of kids around, a lot of black kids, yeah. a lot of some white kids. And yeah, there were a lot of people, at jo- people who got into Jonestown were of childbearing age. A lot of them had their kids, which they brought with them and traveled with the cult. And I do. And then Jim Jones had several kids, too. He adopted a bunch yeah. of kids to, make, kids, to right. make his message seem authentic. He, yeah, he adopted some non-white kids to make it seem like he was the real deal. And yeah. um, his, I think some of his kids survived, right? Yeah, yeah, some of them are still or they alive. Or weren't, they weren't around. They, yeah. weren't late, they weren't on the site. Uh, so. I love that he has a natural-born son named Steven and an mm-hmm. adopted black son named Jim Jones Jr. <laughs> oh, Fucking in your about? face, Steven. <laughs> I know, fuck, fuck you, you, Steve. What yeah, did we? But, uh, what did you think uh, of the actor who played Jim Jones? I thought he was fucking he's great. A, he's incredible. And he's, his, inc- he's like the best thing in the movie. His name is mm. Gene Jones. Gene Jones, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, yeah, it's a little not bit much different. of a career outside of this. I yeah, mean, he's the he's the guy in the coin toss scene yeah. in No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. I'm and, glad. I'm really glad you recorded. <laughs> you included that. I was like, oh yeah. He is. But um, there is a bit of a difference where I find that um, I love his performance. I think his performance is stellar. It's really spellbinding. But I do feel a little bit for him because he does seem fragile. Like physically, he does seem like an old man who is weak. And I know that Jim Jones was like suffering from a lot of effects of drugs and drug addiction and whatever. But Jim Jones to me is like a scary kind of serpentine sweating man who seems like he could beat the fuck out of you and i'm not as scared of this guy well that i that's one of the things i dislike about this movie i actually read a quote from ty west which i'm not going to quote verbatim but i will paraphrase it where Mm -hmm. he basically said he wanted to portray jim jones as someone who had good intentions but was (laughs) driven to bad by his paranoia and I think that's why this character comes off that way. And that's so inaccurate. Jim Jones never had good intentions. Like, His hero was Hitler. Yeah, he this, idolized Hitler. This was a genocide Told program. That. I didn't like that he wanted to portray Jim Jones that way. Because that, like, no. you don't even have to dig into the CIA theory to know that Jim Jones was not genuinely socially progressive. No, he was vain and disgusting and depraved and exploitative and slimy and sleazy and just like 
a nasty, gross guy who is like living like high off the hog, high out, high out of his mind, rattled on all kinds of drugs, you know? Yeah. And just generally a psychopath who worshipped Hitler and used to sell monkeys. There's so a what the fuck. <laughs> there's a thing that happens in the interview that is another nod to the actual Jim Jones, which is. Do they take real dialogue from Jim Jones? Is there any like? Is it no? It's, it's just I don't think like it's, it? it's not real dialogue, but there are moments that are like actually none of the moments are exactly as they happened. It's just the sequence of events, like the mm-hmm. thing where when they're trying to leave and someone yeah. pulls a knife on one of the journalists. That happened, but it was one of the white temple members. It wasn't a black security guard. So Ty Rest is racist. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Good to no. know. <laughs> I mean, he's from Connecticut, right? So, yeah. or is so. it Delaware? I can never <laughs> But the part where... Delaware, he's from Delaware. The part okay. where they're interviewing father, which is what yes. we haven't even mentioned. That's what the Jim Jones character is called in this. It's just father. The part where they're interviewing him and he out of the blue mentions the interviewer's pregnant wife. Mm. That's a thing people always said about Jim Jones was that it seemed like the minute he started talking to you, he knew everything about you. It's the best scene in the movie, the scene where they talk to father. Father really gets to shine. And he, without saying a lot of specific details, does really lay out a case that, you know, a reasonable person could find very compelling. And I really give them credit. And that scene alone is worth the movie, I think. They really make it very clear, like, you know, these guys are journalists. And what do journalists do? They look for the negative and they're only there to spin a story and to make them look bad and exploit them and mock them. And it's, I mean... I can't say that that's not what the media does to people. Yeah, I can't. I can't be like, no, you're you're totally incorrect. That never happens. It's like, well, yes, that is you know, fairly true. And does Vice make fun of the people that it covers? Kind of. To, to an extent, it leaves the door open for them to look foolish, you know. Yeah. And it's not that it doesn't want people to look foolish to a degree. It's focusing on them because it does want to focus on people who are foolish i don't know they sure interview a lot of conspiracy theorists nothing weird about that no they really want to make those people look silly why would anyone have a problem with that vice is the government so (laughs) they have the whole true i can't i can't say no i thought the whole interview scene like the the him walking in the interview the fucking party afterwards i thought all of that was great i thought that was all very entertaining yeah 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 up to that point, I'd been like, this is kind of trash. I'm just waiting to get to some, you know, drinky. Um, but that was good. I was happy yeah. with that. I was like, and then baby. They, the, the part where it gets, like, all of that actually happened. And they do kind of recreate what happened that caused all the chaos at Jonestown, which is mm-hmm. someone walked up and handed a reporter a note that said, we want to leave. Like, up to that point. Leo Ryan's whole delegation was like, this is fine. Like there's nothing happening here. Mm-hmm. And as depicted in the movie, that's how it happened. One person handed them a note and shit just went off the rails. Yeah. And they were there even longer, correct? They were there overnight. Well, in the movie too, they end I'm up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, Leo overnight. Ryan, Leo yeah. Ryan was actually there for much longer. It wasn't like where we see where they're kind of duped in a couple hours. If you yeah. imagine that deception played out over even more days. So even weirder. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And, uh, the, this is the point where I realized the sister her name's Caroline, I believe, mm-hmm. or Carolyn. Yeah. Her and her brother are based on a family that was, very involved in Jonestown called the Layton family. And I think the sister is supposed to be Deborah Layton, who is, she was like, had this like troubled background. Her family sent her to a boarding school in England to straighten her out. She meets a guy named Phil Blakey there. They move back to the United States. He ends up building Jonestown and she ends up being like the CFO of Jonestown. She handled all the money. And then she's the one who defected at the last second. The the miscavages of Jonestown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, they kind of are. And it is. Uh, so this was a one another point where it's like it's good to have that context of the 1960s, 1970s. We're used to kind of ridiculing, you know, Trustafarians and all that. But it was really that kind of phenomenon in the 60s, 70s, where it was things like teen runaways, drugs, the anti-war movement. People only really got involved because rich kids started getting involved. And yeah. they're like, oh, my God, people are doing acid because my daughter dropped out of Radcliffe. And so yeah. we need to pay attention to this. So cults only really got a bad rap in the press, the Moonies, what have you, Manson family, because they were involving upper middle class or very upper class white kids. Yeah, uh, Patty Hearst. Yeah, Patty Hearst. Yeah, yeah, great example. So that, yeah, in the 70s, this was a a common story of these troubled uh, wealthy youth gone awry. This this family that he's referencing here, they're pretty much the crux of the conspiracy theory around Jonestown because Mm. there's two versions of the story. There is the publicly accepted version, which is that a doctor named Thomas Layton, or no, not Thomas. What the fuck is Dr. Layton? Dr. Layton. We'll call him Dr. Layton. I don't sure. remember his first name, but the accepted- <laughs> wrote Tom in the notes. <laughs> the, well, Tom is the oldest oh, brother the, sorry. in the Layton brother family. Tom. Yeah. And, but <laughs> the, the version of the story that has been told to the public is that this Dr. Layton lost his entire family to Jonestown. Like all of his sons, all of his daughters, his wife, his wife took all his money and gave it to Jonestown. And that was the story that came out immediately after Jonestown. But if you look into that family's background, and I've, I said all this on another Jonestown episode, they're Nazis. Like Dr. Layton, he is one of the people who helped build the atomic bomb. Like he was on the Manhattan Project. He worked for the CIA his entire fucking life. And then this one weird seemingly CIA involved thing that involves his entire family, he ends up in the middle of. And the theory is that he was actually the person in charge of the Jonestown experiment and that he was like the medical science behind it. And Jim Jones was the face of it and that yeah, the spiritual religious face and they had to like they couldn't just pump government money into something like this so it made for a convenient cover story when he was like yeah my fucking wife took everything man and all my kids who just happened to be very skilled in all the things we needed them to do at jonestown they just all <laughs> accidentally ended up there too and they all ended up running the place and then only one fucking per you know only one person ever got charged for anything relating to jonestown who was it? A black person? No, it was Larry Layton, another oh, okay, fem- member of the Layton family. I just figured if the American government's going to arrest one person for a crime, it's going to be a black person. But that's no, just, sorry, because okay. they could have hired lawyers who would have looked into it more than the government wanted it looked into. Mm. So yeah, the only person who was ever charged was Larry Layton, another m- member of the Layton family. What was he charged with? Uh, he shot two of the defectors when oh. they all tried to flee. Was like unlawful use of a firearm. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> disturbing the peace. Disturbing the peace. Yeah, he's he's out. He's out of prison yeah. now. It was a Sunday, so there's ordinances against that. Uh, it wasn't even when he did that. It was when he tried to buy beer uh, later <laughs> that day. He ran a red light evading the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Got pulled over. Oh, man. The guy, yeah, actually the guy who uh, bought all the flavor aid did it with an expired credit card. <laughs> A bad check. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Um, yeah, so the, I'm gonna look into Layton's. I'm kind of yeah. Now I'm curious about it's, that. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. It's very crazy. It's very crazy. Ugh. But we basically believe that Patrick's sister is like the lead lady at this uh, Eden Parish. That she's sort of like father's right hand woman. Is that? It kind of seems that way. It, I mean, if it's based on Deborah Layton, that was definitely the case. But was she sleeping with Jim Jones? Everyone was sleeping with Jim Jones. Okay. Jim Jones had sex with men, women, boys, girls, fucking animals if he had to. Like, Jim Jones was a... Why would he have to? Yeah, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because Jim Jones was a dominator. Like, he would would do whatever he needed to do to break a person down. And he got arrested. Uh, this, sorry, this is off the topic. But so in this movie, father is not as licentious as Jim Jones. No. But there's a there's an offhanded remark that they believe they're like, oh, if this is the sister fucking this guy. So we don't really get much of that in terms of scary father. I think it's alluded to, but in not really an abusive, overarching sex fiend sort of way. Yeah, they no. leave a lot of the awful stuff about Jim Jones out. 
Yeah, father doesn't seem genuinely awful. No. He seems paranoid, but not horrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he still, ha- it's weird. Like, you know, Gene, Gene Jones's performance is still kind of like, it's a heavy performance, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, like there is, there is menace to it. There's, you can tell it's, he's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just through the way that Gene Jones plays him, but it's not, you know, I feel like they can't have that performance. And again, like a, all of this shit that Jim Jones really did. Well, also, if you think about what he's trying to depict here, it's the Leo Ryan visit. And during most of that, Jim Jones was on his best behavior because he was Mm -hmm. trying to convince the American government that there was nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that he is putting on a that it's funny to think that like that is his normal restraint. And I still think he seems, yeah, Yeah. very, uh, I don't know, intentionally provocative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's a provocative performance. It provokes a lot of things. But basically, yeah, so we get the deal. So this little girl gives the dude Patrick the note that says, like, help, we want to leave. Yeah. And that that kind of sets off all the chaos. And there's a lot of references in those final scenes to stories that came out from various survivors. There's the scene where a woman's holding her baby while they're injecting poison into the baby's mouth. That is from one of the lawyers at the People's Temple. That was his account when he got home. Was he, during all of that, looked over and his wife was just holding their baby and pumping poison into his yeah, mouth. That, that gives credence to the CIA Nazi stuff. Like those that's that's CIA and Nazi shit right there, yeah. putting poison in a baby's mouth for sure. Yeah, yeah, that that lines up. What we're seeing here before we jump into that is just if you know the timeline, which is once they once they know that these people are here, they feel like they're gonna be exposed. The cult says that we're gonna be ridiculed. The steps that they believe they're gonna take is we're gonna be exposed in the press. We're going to be ridiculed. The government will get involved. The government will come down here and kill us all. Right. So we need to kill ourselves before this government intervention and genocide takes place, essentially. Yeah. And that was kind of the company line around Jonestown. Like, is that, well, we just killed this congressman. They're never going to let us get away with that. We got to kill ourselves. You can't fire us. We quit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We can't fire us. We quit. So in this, in this show, in this movie, it is people want to leave. And then the crew is starting to question, what do you mean? They can, well, well, they can leave or that question comes up. Can they leave? Can they not leave? Yeah. They did a good job of depicting that moment in Jonestown because that's all caught on video. Like they were, they brought cameras with them when Leo Ryan did this visit. And those moments where, because in, in real life, the person who hands that reporter, the note did it like right before they were all getting ready to leave. Yes. And I do recall that. Everything was normal up to that point. And then they get this note and this reporter's like, all right, well now people are telling us they want to leave. So what the fuck's going on? And it just turns into chaos and they did a good job. I think recreating yeah, that tension here. Yeah. That's another thing that I do. You know, it's Gene Jones's before. Again, I don't dislike this movie. I never disliked it. It just, it never really gave me what I wanted from a Ty West movie yeah. about this kind of subject matter. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the chaos, the climactic s- sequence is, is really, really well handled and very, very tense and very chaotic. And it and it's it's it, it's ratcheted up, and it, it really is like it's a strong. It's the strongest part of the film to me, yeah. outside of the the interview with Gene Jones with the yeah. father. Yeah, it did a good job showing how much suffering was involved in those deaths because I think people just assume, well, they just drank the poison and passed out and yeah, died. No. Man, no, that it was <laughs> convulsions no. and foaming at the mouth and a lot of pain. And machine gun fire and stabbing and yeah yeah i yeah. that's one of the more suspicious things about jonestown is the body count yep because when it first came out it was like 300 something yeah. and then it eventually got to 900 and yeah. the, the excuse has always been well some of the bodies fell on top of each other 
So 300 bodies fell on top of 600 bodies yeah, and right. covered them. Yeah, that is we a, yeah, couldn't see these 600 bodies yeah. because of the 300 bodies yeah. on top of them. Yeah, what's yeah. way more likely is hundreds of people tried to flee uh, and mm-hmm. got rounded up and brought back and shot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, once question. they once they saw people falling. Yeah. <laughs> question, would you believe that the 300 on top of the 600 were fatter? <laughs> yeah, waka, waka, waka. That's why we didn't see them. I'm just, look, I'm just saying, would you buy that? Would you believe it? Because if you would, I'll tell you that. I'll just tell you that right now. We didn't count kids at first. <laughs> we just figured... Why? I mean, you know, it's, the American, really a, it's the American government. They probably we, didn't count black people. We went by everyone's voting records. That's it. Yeah. The first body count was 24. And then they were yeah. like, oh, you want us to count black people too? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it did. I was genuinely, yeah, I felt the tension. It was a real horror when people wanted to leave, couldn't leave, even before the suicide started. And then, yeah, just from the point of having someone be stabbed. I mean, I felt that there was like, I'm like, someone's going to get fucking stabbed when I was watching those people. But yeah. And then, then you definitely felt the real manipulation when he was like telling them, kept yelling at them basically to drink the poison. Yeah. You know? And that's I was all. Like, yeah. This is really, yeah. He's fucking manipulating them. He's not just being like, Hey, can you can commit suicide now. He's, he's telling them like they fucking have to do it. There's no way out. That's all from audio that came out from Jonestown. Like there's, there's audio of that moment and him like telling moms to not comfort their kids. Mm -hmm. And it's so fucking creepy. Yeah. And they also, there's the scene where the, uh, the mom who wanted to escape ends up killing her own kid. So Mm -hmm. they won't kill the kid. That's based on a woman named Sharon Amos who the story is she killed her kids first and then slit her own throat. But it's also possible that, yes, she killed her kids to keep them from being killed, but then someone slit her throat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It doesn't shy away from showing how disgusting it is and that people did force elderly relatives and force each other to drink this poison. And yeah, and then there was guys with armed, there was armed guards everywhere. Yeah, and the the thing I mentioned at the beginning that kind of tipped me off that Ty West might have been referencing the CIA thing a little bit is the way the movie ends and the way they escape, mm-hmm. which is the guide who met them at the beginning, just out of the blue shoots his other partner and is like, I'm burning this place to the ground. Get out of here. Yes. Why? Why are, why are you burning? Why are you burning it to the ground? Why are you protecting these two Americans by shooting your partner? Mm-hmm. It seems like that could have been a reference to that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, Scott Bakula had leapt into him. And, <laughs> yeah. And Al said that Ziggy said that what he had to do was burn it all to the ground yeah. so that he could leap into the next body. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so I mean, like, nobody ever does, but I, I guarantee, like, most of the stuff that we think we don't have an answer for, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Scott Bakula leapt into their body and had to do this. And, like, who's to know really why, in the grand scheme of things, that's Ziggy's call. Yeah. You know, that's not my business to comment on. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I want to apologize for all the spoilers in this, but. It's a movie about Jonestown. You fucking yeah, know where yeah, it's going. Yeah. And get and guess and you know what? Our heroes, quote unquote, they see some gnarly shit. Like if you <laughs> like gnarly ass deaths, there's a couple. There's a few. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that final scene is really well done. It's yeah. that's the thing about it. It's so well done in the end there, and it's so rough. It's so rough and hard to watch at times. It's bleak. Yeah it's depressing it's upsetting and i think that's another reason maybe why i wanted a supernatural thing or something you know what i mean or something occult because it was just like well if it's just this bleak thing of of people are going to be awful to each other and and you know horrifying violence uh, i already know that yeah i don't yeah. <laughs> well you know, it's like watching a domino's effect of violence or like watching a mouse trap set off well, or it's just like boom, 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 boom. yeah in, I, in yeah, a yeah. row just kind of like pops capping up i think yeah. off. i think what you're describing is once upon a time in hollywood which i i fucking loved that movie and i loved it because of that ending because mm-hmm. you spend whatever eight hours of that movie thinking you're going to see pregnant Sharon Tate get slaughtered at the end. Yeah. And you yeah. 
don't. You get a rip roaring yeah. good time at the end instead. I call it a rip roaring good time still, but um, mm, no. I mean, yeah, it is. It is that they killed I, the Manson family. It was so much fun to watch. With the yeah. help of a good dog. Was it? Was it? What wasn't fun to watch about it? You wanted the Manson family it. to I, win? I, I, no, I didn't want that Manson family it to win. It sounds like you wanted the Manson family <laughs> to kill Sharon Tate, Andy. No, I oh. absolutely did not. There is, something, there is something very visceral, viscerally satisfying and like cathartic about that inverted expectation at the end right. mm-hmm. where it's, but there's something indulgent to me on a, on a level about it where it's like, I, I don't know if this is just the boomers, whatever, getting revenge on the Manson family for stealing the 60s from them. Yeah. There's something to me about this that's just like, I don't think Quentin Tarantino, I think he just wants to do this to women. I think like, you know, yeah. it, it just feels, there's something icky to me about it. And like, I sat there in the theater and watched it and cheered at the end too, like everybody else. But after like dwelling on it for a little bit, it's like I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. It did feel like <laughs> fuck these hippies. Like they, yeah. Get, they go, yeah, but fuck here's, the hippies. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, 100, would have voted for Donald Trump. Well, like, that's my yeah. other issue. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Most hippies voted for Donald Trump. Like I am all for fuck the hippies. Fuck the hippies. They were. F- what did they? they didn't. They no. What did they accomplish? <laughs> but you know they what? This over- movie. They oversaw the stagnation of wages in America once they entered the workforce. Thanks a fucking lot, you dope smoking fiends. Oh no, no. They're they're monsters. They but are. at that time, but at that time were they monsters? No, because the For CIA was Vietnam teaching War. them how to have fun. I also I, I I mean not all boomers were hippies. That's the thing. I and 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 vice versa, you know? Like yeah. I I I'm fine with the hippies. I'm fine with the hippies. Like, sure, some turn out to be pieces of shit, but also I'm not going to say that once upon a time in Hollywood feels like, you know, the, the what the hippies I were feel like we're get, I feel like we're getting a little off track. We're, we're, off we're a little off topic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, would you feel, when father, when father gets the axe at the end, are you like, oh, good, the bad guy got it? Because I'm not. Uh, I no. was I was like, show the part where the gun that shot him was found 50 feet away from his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I didn't think Jim Jones had the balls. Jim I didn't Jones... think he had the integrity to commit suicide. I didn't think he had the, I didn't think he had the, I don't know, the He's... ownership yeah. of his own doings. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about Hitler, but everyone wants to laugh it up when you suggest he got out of Germany. Like, yeah, I'm sure Hitler's the only one who didn't escape. He got that on a fucking submarine. Fun. He got on a fucking plane. His private pilot oh, I thought it got was out of <laughs> Germany and she wrote a book about it. And yeah. at the end was like, you think I'm going to tell you I got Hitler out of Germany? And that's how she ended the book. Like Hitler got out. But Jim Jones used body doubles. Also, there's hmm. a really weird moment uh, from his history where he was in Brazil. Yeah. Body double shit is one of my favorite fucking things that paranoid wealthy people do i love body double shit the hussein yeah there's two two very weird things about jim jones and body doubles one Mm -hmm. when he was in brazil for a time someone also was issued another passport under jim jones identity and picked it up in the United States. Jones is a pretty common last name. Adam. No, it was you know Jim. J- it was Jim <laughs> Jones passport. Or was it Mike Jones? And <laughs> it was Jesus Jones. <laughs> right. Here, also, right now you're going to drink this Kool-Aid. Okay. There is. <laughs> flavor aid. I don't know the rest of the. Yeah, it's flavor aid. I, there is a suggestion <laughs> that Jim Jones actually died before the end of Jonestown. Because there is this, uh, this also comes from one of the survivor accounts, but one of the, he was all into like faith healing and like magic and shit. Yeah. And one of the, (laughs) this man loved garbage. (laughs) One of the things he did during one of his presentations or whatever was he had someone shoot him in the chest or so it appeared. And Uh then he was dragged off stage and then walked back out. And a lot of people are like, well, he probably he like shot the body double with blanks or something and came. 
But there are some people who are like, no, I think the government killed him in that moment and <laughs> just moly. brought out the Jim Jones that would be a little more compliant. And then <laughs> he should be the CIA guy that's pitching that. <laughs> it's just like, hey, no, 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 you, you know guys, what? it's really simple. We just make it look like a magic trick. Well, that's how Brandon that's Lee how died. <laughs> yeah. All you would yeah, have to CIA, do is the CIA did that. We all know. All you would have mm-hmm. to do is say there's blanks and fucking yeah. shoot him for yeah. real. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Jonestown mm-hmm. is a crazy goddamn story. It's a crazy story. And I, I give them credit for trying to take it on and adapt and adapt it. There are elements that I think do make our relevance to this time and pl- to this time in history and everything like that. And what's going on in America when they talk about, you know, like the sort of radical, you know, lack of opportunity and the isolation mm-hmm. of you know minorities and the elderly and stuff like that and how churches are often the only institutions that seem to do any kind of outreach to those people to exploit them usually but you know they do yeah. outreach yeah. you know what i'm yeah, saying but it, you know but they feel good about it you yeah know? yeah it's fine exactly yeah they feel great so i mean it's like could the, is this a realistic scenario that could very well happen today could there be a modern day jonestown i think yeah very well much very good. I, I, I guarantee I there that, is very well I, much good I think that as long as America and and therefore, you know, most of Western civilization and like the global reality is like in a capitalist paradigm, the the, the soil is always fertile for a Jonestown. As long as as long as like there is this like great spiritual angst and existential alienation going on among like everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a huge there's void. always there's always exactly that void is always going to be there, and there's always going to be space for someone like Jim Jones or uh, ex Nazi CIA maybe to prop up a Jim Jones, you know, to make these spaces for shit like this. Um, yeah. and there's always a chance for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean the see like we have such a long history of doing weird medical experiments and psychological experiments on people. Mm -hmm. And I think we really downplay the importance of that point in history after world war two, where we were like, no, we're not fighting Nazis. We're bringing them into the government. Yeah. Oh no, dude, we were like, we were like, uh, you know, Sterling Cooper Draper price trying to poach. Well, we fucking teamed, we teamed up with the Nazis. And one of the suggestions is that, At one point during World War II, the Nazis convinced us that, hey, communism is your real enemy. We're fighting communists. You should be fighting communists. And it sounds crazy, but what happens after World War II? We bring thousands of Nazis to the United States and start fighting communism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was said that Sidney Gottlieb got guys who were like in the Nuremberg trials, like flew them out during the Nuremberg trials to use them for experiments and then flew them back. Yeah. A Jewish man, a Jewish man, a doctor who took a Hippocratic oath, flew a bunch of Nazis who had just been previously killing all of his, uh, you know, possibly yeah. relatives, flew him to the States, used him and then dumped him back. What kind of a person has that sort of yeah, well, it's know, moral kind of, code? It's it's we were <laughs> not to be this fucking nerd, but we were Isildur after cutting the ring off Sauron's hand, like mm-hmm. that was America being like, Oh, sh- you guys, you know, the rest of Europe is like, no one's touching this thing. Right. This Nazi shit, because yeah. we saw what it just did in America's like, um, buddy almost had the whole planet. So mm-hmm. maybe well, we want that. When you think mm-hmm. of what the Nazis were doing, they weren't just killing Jews. They killed Jews in Germany because that was the group in Germany to kill. Oh, they killed, they killed socialists, they killed anarchists, they killed Roma people, they killed because they considered uh, the developmentally them, disabled people, the old, the sick, uh, handicapped. Like, well, yes, and because they considered all of those people subhuman. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine them coming to the United States. Civil rights era is kicking off very soon. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. think they didn't go to the United States and go... We can take care of that black people problem for you. Granted, it's going to take a thousand years because that's how Reichs work, but we'll yeah. get there. Like, I, know. I just yeah. wonder at what point we're supposed to believe after World War II that all of those Nazis reformed their ways and became good Americans. You know what? The same, yeah, the same way we're supposed to believe that AIDS just hit Africa just really bad. Sorry. Yeah. It's just, there's no reason why. Whoops, uh, crack cocaine's only a problem in these in this one very specific type of neighborhood. Uh, we don't and know that's why. by chance. Amazing. Yeah. 
weird how that uh, all those things happened. Yeah, it's yeah. it's insane because it's like people will openly acknowledge, right, that like, oh yeah, we use Nazi scientists for NASA. Like yeah. that, that's what we did because of rockets or whatever. But I mean, it's like you don't think we were taking a look at every anybody else's resumes over there? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think we were kind of staffing some departments? Yeah, the yeah. SS is half of the the first batch of CIA agents. Half oh, of yeah. them were SS it was, agents. It yep. was called the OSS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ad, will you take off one letter? <laughs> what do you get? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. And also, I mean, we we got the, all the medical results that the Japanese scientists had gotten from all their human torture and all of their oh, yeah. NC71 something, Units, whatever code. Unit 731. Unit 731, we agreed to not prosecute them in exchange for all of their data. We're like, give us the data, we won't prosecute you. So what did we get out of that? Meanwhile, Russia- We think we just got all that data we were looking at, we're like, oh, good data. Yeah. Bye, gone. Meanwhile, (laughs) Russia, when any Unit 731 members Russia captured were tried as war criminals, but we brought them over and said, help us. Yeah. Help us. Have you seen uh, that movie? Good data, guys. Shutter, stay the fuck out of the attic. No, yeah, I didn't like it that much. I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's the 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 plot is Joseph Mac. Oh, well, that's actually a reveal. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah, Joseph yeah, a- Man. Never mind. Joseph Manilow, Barry Manilow's son, Joseph, in an alternate timeline. Yeah, yeah. This is about Jim. Ho ho ho. Never mind. <laughs> yeah so, but us yeah this is what happened i think that's our episode i'm sorry no this was good yeah yeah we yeah, uh <laughs> we're i'm i'm we're getting close to wrapping up this jonestown thing it's like this is jonestown just spins off into so many other things that it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to get a handle on covering every aspect of it but i think we got two episodes left. We're going to talk about the other Jonestown Man. next. And then oh, you're, are you going to talk about Jonestown 99? When Olympus yeah. yeah. Euro, Euro Jonestown. <laughs> Jonestown, Japan, which all yeah. of those things probably exist. So oh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, then we're going to, we're going to talk about the white Knight. Do you know, that's what they called it. The night they all uh, died. They called it the white Knight. I did not know that. Hmm. That's that's ah. Interesting, because a white guy killed them all. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was. I mean, also, just a little note from Indiana, home of the KKK. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, headquarters of the KKK. Yeah. But, yo, Jim Jones is probably, I mean, how many black people did he personally murder? Around 900. That's more than, like, most slave owners would ever even come close to. Yeah, I like when that K-pop band BTS got in trouble because they included a bunch of Jim Jones speeches in one of their songs what what and people were like you know he slaughtered black people right and they were like no we just steal from black people we don't pay any attention to them <laughs> oh my god damn anyway uh, great speaker though he was very, he knew how to move a crowd that's for sure mm-hmm. the cia You're loves someone who can move a crowd mm-hmm. they love people movers yeah. anyway places <laughs> we should get out of here did yeah. we do plugs yet do we have anything to plug laura you got anything to plug you just got your hair yeah. did. You look great. I just got my hair done. It looks great. I colored does, it, cut yeah. it, spent a lot of money. Yeah. But I haven't in a long time. So that's great. My plugging my hair. Uh, go check out my Instagram <laughs> at Crawford Comic. I'm on there. Post things, make stuff. You can find me. Andy, check how about you? I don't, I don't really. Do you want to plug no. Ghoul School, the podcast that you host yeah, on Ghoul the School Unpops Network? History podcast is, is back. There's new episodes coming. I also just did a segment for my friend's podcast, Bunk 237. Uh, there should be a new episode of that. I, 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 I do guest segments on there sometimes and I got a new one coming out. It's their basket case episode. And, uh, I'm on Twitter at Andy underscore cell S E L L as in sell me a copy of the sacrament on DVD. I, I don't see it. not all good. What's happening. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. That went, that went bad, but it's I'll have a better. I'll have a better one next time. <laughs> Uh, you can, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. That's Todd with one D and, uh, I'm going to be launching a writing project soon that, nice. uh, you'll be able to give me money for and, uh, help, help keep me, keep me in food and clothes and things like that. Till then let's get the F out of here. F is short for fuck. 
Laura, <laughs> say goodbye. Bye, Adam. Bye, Andy. Great seeing you. Andy. Bye, Laura. Andy, oh. say, Andy, say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>